welcome to Claret and Blue. My name is Dan Rowlands and we're back here at Hockley Social Club with James Rushton and John Townley. Lads, how are we? Good. Very good. Well, thank you. Good stuff. Today's show is Aston Villa Confessions. Now, we've had people sending their anonymous confessions about all things Aston Villa. Some are football related, some are a fan going experience things. Uh, there's some great stuff in here. I've got 25 in front of me and I'm not sure we'll get through them all today. This is one of those things that we feel like if people enjoy watching it and think this is a good show, we can certainly do part two, part three. We had about 100 sent to us over the course of a couple of weeks, so I've tried to narrow it down to what I think are some of the good ones. First one, the Villa Park atmosphere has never been that good. It's all right at times, but when we talk of recaptivating it and new fans ruining it, reality is it's never been the most impressive. Just a theory. Maybe it's different generations of fans I don't know us being I mean for the last three years we've been mid-table haven't we really um, maybe some fans can't really get up for that too much I yep. don't know whereas Brentford fans for argument's sake are just buzzing to be in the Premier League and every game feels like sort of a, um, like the novelty of it yeah, yeah I, I don't know possibly. just a theory I mean when we were in when we were in the uh, championship I think it was really good because we were going something and it was like a big buy-in and everyone knew that this was really important as it was in the final games of last season so I think if there's something to play for that really means something I think then you're going to get a brilliant Villa Park and it really can be mm. that good yeah so and it will be yeah, better I, I, I don't want to knock it I don't think it's worth knocking because ultimately if, if we're playing Burnley last season at the end of the season I think we drew one all the atmosphere isn't going to be you know 10 out of 10 but it will be for a Brighton when we're going to qualify for Europe so I don't, I don't think it's worth knocking yeah I think if you're expecting it to be like an old school attitude of it the atmosphere must be organically generated by on-pitch performance under Emery it's going to happen more often than not but you're still relying on factors out of the fans' control to get up, whereas you've probably got to... If you want the atmosphere to be good, you've got to put it into your, your control. All the club has to do, enhance that somehow. Um, but I'm not I'm not sure that. If, you, if you're an old school and you're looking to be organically generated, then simply rela- waiting on players to do good things and get you on your feet, it's not going to happen that often, is it? Well, we're on the topic of Villa Park, then. These are in a, a set order, but I'm happy to jump over anywhere. Villa should leave Aston and build a new stadium with nah, modern facilities. <laughs> Hold on, James. With modern facilities in a part of Birmingham that isn't a nightmare to get in and out of. Now, the last bit, Birmingham being a nightmare to get in and out of and Villa Park being a nightmare to get in and out of with the transport, the parking, the trains, bad. Yes, agree. Leaving Villa Park is a big, big no for me. I know, John, we've done a, a Q&A as well where this was something we talked about as well um, in a previous video. I just can't get on board with it. <laughs> This kind of like it comes to the same thing of like sponsoring Villa Park, like the the Adidas Villa Park Stadium or whatever, and five million a year, and you change the names. Like it's just something about it doesn't sit right with me. I know that's not the question. Leaving Villa Park altogether and building a new stadium that might be a, a claret and blue bowl shape. Like no. I just can't buy into that at all. Yeah, it's it's part of that. I think. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt in the first place, um, but the idea of us, I think that the idea that's been floated on Twitter by fans to move to like a campus on the NEC this wasn't the only person that said that I know I know I know. I, I, I get their point there is there is valid extremely valid accessibility issues and not just for able-bodied fans mm. yeah, yeah. fans with disabilities like it, it knackers me to, to get to Villa I'm a 10k step wizard <laughs> <laughs> I may not look it but I am a 10k step wizard and like um, getting to Villa Park is, is it's an ordeal in the sliding doors moments video that we did if Villa aren't playing well and 
going to watch the games is a bit of a slog. If you can't even get to the game properly or you're stuck on a train and you can't get out of the stadium very well, like it makes the whole experience annoying. Probably impacts the atmosphere to an extent as well. If it takes so much time and so much money as well and to people get people leave early to get transport back it's and things exactly like that. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just getting there. It's, it's getting back. You can take some people out, you know, plus an hour and again more money to get back home and it just feels like a bit of a slog doesn't it really yeah like and a, a, a lot has been made and there's been a lot of like moaning at the council which I'm like, with about sorting Witten Stadium out but that's not the be all and end all the club can the bike sheds like six bikes <laughs> <laughs> and there is a cycle path from town to Perry Bar through Perry Bar which you know is the worst bit of it is the last five minutes you know, rather than the whole journey you know, there's got to be park and ride shuttle things you can do. It can't just be the train's crap or the car parking's crap. You know, there's got to be options mm. here that can be exploited because I can't see that that it's been done. Yeah. There's one bus and I think it goes to Tamworth. Maybe stops in a few places, but... Moving Villa, would you leave Villa Park? I would leave Villa Park if it was in the local vicinity, which is impossible. So it would have to be Aston, Lazales, Perry Bar. That's your area. I wouldn't leave Villa Park, full stop. No, I wouldn't, unless it was like... Because if you leave that area... That if, like, they, if they knocked down Villa Park where it was now and made the, the the area bigger and rebuilt it in the same spot, I wouldn't even do that. I don't think there's much... That would hurt. Though. No, that would hurt. But I think the Villa Park you've got is essentially, <laughs> essentially that. Like, it has been rebuilt so many times. It's like the ship of Theseus. Like, it existed, <laughs> but it's been rebuilt so many times. Is it is it actually the same thing? I think for the whole... Because James is totally right. If you're going to do anything, you have to stay at least in the area... But the area is the same. The area is the problem. Similar, kind of, yeah. And you're going to, for everything that you're going to do to it, I, I don't know. I just think, yes, it's a task, at least at the moment, to get there. But once you're there, it's the best stadium in the country. Mm. Yeah. For Uniquely us. Yeah. Birmingham problem of us just making our own problem, like issues. Yeah. Um, next one. Under the O'Neill era, I had a lucky pair of pants that I believe gave us the edge over opponents. I often got quite anxious when we played two games in quick succession. I had to learn how to use the washing machine fast. Said pants were thrown away during the McLeish era. Now, I don't really like this kind of lucky pantsing. I don't really get it. Have you ever had anything like that? No, lucky scarf, lucky... Not a thing, is it? No. I mean, lucky I've scarf, that but like... That's something you, like, convince yourself. I kind of think, like, I think the... What I wore to the playoff final that we won, yeah. I think I wore the same thing to the first game of the it's Premier like League. A, it's a comfort thing, isn't it? More so than... Like I I'm not thinking like, oh, me wearing this jumper means we're going to win today. It was like the last time I was here I and we wore and I wore this, I'll, I'll try it again. Kind yeah, of it's, thing. Your fifth, it's lucky, your ritual. Lucky yeah. pants is weird, I think. Yeah, I think you, don't, you didn't need to do that, innit? And also, like... You were wearing other clothes at the time. Yeah, like sure. I'm outwardly wearing <laughs> the same shirt that I was in pictures <laughs> of where we last won a game. No one knows what, what pants I was wearing anyway. Sounds like so. an excuse, didn't it? <laughs> no one's got like a lucky BMI or anything. I've like, <laughs> <laughs> lucky pair of shoes. <laughs> it actually was a, another one quickly about uh, superstitions and clothes. As you mentioned, shoes. I have many superstitions when it comes to football, like deciding which top to wear. My main one has to be that I wear new trainers to watch when Villa win. So for the playoff final against Fulham, I bought new trainers, but something on my gut was saying, don't wear them. I wore the new trainers, and we know what happened next. Fast forward 12 months on, the playoff final again, and just by chance, I had some new trainers. Did I wear them? No. I stuck with my trainers that I'd worn every game in the 10-game winning streak, and we won. I still feel like the cursed new trainers is why we lost to Fulham. 
It wasn't that. Mate. I really like the fact that Steve training. Bruce is there. Like we got to throw this one, lads. He ain't bought the Air Force ones. <laughs> new trainers for every win. Was that? If I wear new trainers to watch Villa, we usually win. So they like, must keep that same pair of trainers till Villa lose again. Yeah. I guess a new a new pair of trainers every time we win is excessive, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's the same every time there's a new transfer. <laughs> <laughs> That was with John Terry when he um he wears new boots or used to wear new boots for every single game he played. Yeah, that's such a waste. I mean, he, has oh. the, he has the money. <laughs> this is just I think this kind of like superstition thing. I get it. If you're a player like Grealish wearing the same boots in the in the ten game winning run, like you think, oh, we won. I scored a goal. Like I'm wearing the same ones. You like, don't want to change that. those. But those people can influence it. As a fan, we so can't do anything. So if we won a lot, what about you know, over the festive period? It'd be in shoe every <laughs> every <the> day. <laughs> Other shoe outlets are available. Uh, yeah, mad, mad. I get it. Yeah, like a, I get it for a player because you don't. If you're feeling good, yeah. you don't want to change like the things you're eating. Yeah, what you yeah. do. You don't want to change that. anything. As a supporter, it means <laughs> <laughs> get over it. Leon Bailey isn't a bad player. He's just rarely been played in a position or a system that suits him. And if slash when we sell him, he'll be one of those players who flourishes and makes us look bad. For example, at Marvi, Vero 2, Garnet Gay from the relegation season. Now, I kind of I've said similar before on the podcast, I think, that I could see him doing well elsewhere in, in a different league, possibly. It would have to be in the Premier League, though, for me. I, to I be. don't think he'd do it in the Premier League, is, is the point. I think if he went to La Liga and played very well, we go, oh, what if? Like, we could we could have had that, but... But he's done that in the Bundesliga, so... I just doesn't translate, that, I don't think. We have that player. I think yeah. it's fine, it's just... When's the last Villa winger that you went, oh, he's cracking. He's every week, he's Actually smashing. young, probably. Exactly, it's, like a, it's a winger 12, thing. It's like, years, yeah. I'm certain if you went to every club put in the name of their winger or one of their starting wingers same things I said not mm, to, yeah, to different yeah. degrees of course because yeah. there's different levels of performance not saying like Liverpool's wide forwards you know you, <laughs> Mohamed Salah's getting the same criticism <laughs> as him chance scenarios you go on Twitter you search Mbappe I bet there's people ripping him like uh, you know people calling Cristiano Ronaldo a free kick merchant that's like that's bizarre mate absolutely bizarre it's a winger thing though people said the same stuff people would say the same stuff about every winger we had Balassi Al Ghazi Trezeguet anyone who's been that Villa wing last 10 years Wayne Routledge <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah it's consistent I, I, I like Bailey and he gets a, he, get, he does get a lot of flack from supporters and again I think it's what James says just the consistency and mm. You know, he'll, he'll play well for two games and won't play particularly well for five. And it's just how many games does he go missing as, as such? You, as long as it's not many, <laughs> then he'll have an okay season. And that's it's what like a, you know. You, you know, you have a, you have a position where it's like it's not like a fullback, is it? Because the winger does trap back, but the fullback is everywhere mm-hmm. today. But you have a position that's literally that much of the pitch, and yeah. they have to beat what is usually considered now the best position. And like, if you don't, then you're it's not forward. like you're a striker. You can do a little bit of a hold up and go, "Oh, I've done my job there." Mm, yeah, like you have yeah, to beat your man, and if you can't, you're having a bad day. Plus it's so binary. Yeah, and plus he's playing in a role where he isn't a out and out winger anyway. He's playing more central. And don't get me wrong, when we go forward, Moran goes left, Bailey goes right, and he's tucks around a bit. But yeah, um, if Emery likes him, then I think that's another sort of yeah, I think kind of proving that point that we're trying to make of. I think he just gets a bit. It's easy to criticise Bailey when Villa haven't played well. Potentially, um, yeah, that's he fair, isn't a world beater. But I don't. Again, for how much was he? Twenty-five to thirty million. These days, that is uh, that's the price you pay for a, a good winger. 
Okay, let's move on. Um, I mean, these are anonymous, but this one's from you, James, I think. I actually quite like Tim Sherwood as Aston Villa <laughs> manager and wouldn't have sacked him in 2015. We were still going down regardless, let's be honest. You know, the reason I like Tim Sherwood is, A, irony. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's just funny. B, it's mad that he's not managed since then. B, because he came in and it was just like, it was like just like the Man City thing we said in the question, just like straight vertical, like yeah. Ever since, ne- never seen to, anything like it. Gerard's thing in a certain extent, like you kind of had this like this aura this about ball. him. I don't know what you mean. Like, yeah, like the kind of banter of like yeah. putting the fan it's funny. Things. Yeah. yeah, the G I it. It's exactly what we needed at that point because we were so down in the dumps yeah. after losing two 0 to Hull. I think it was uh, such a contrast to Lambert as a person as well, like in interviews and stuff. Show, sure, but his as a first, football manager, his first interview. Good. um he just he kept saying like oh we just want we just want to win games <laughs> I mean, we just got to win three points of the weekend and yeah, it was just like three points, to be mate. fair it's not wrong because like, yeah. he had to just make it as simple as possible Bakuna cross the ball to Benteke score some goals and that's what we did and we stayed up and it was never going to be a long term plan he but, absolutely um, should have been sacked when he did I don't I, it's just a path it's not whether Sherwood wasn't Sherwood wasn't the problem at that time the whole thing was yeah, dead yeah, yeah. Um, but. He didn't do himself any favours in the. Uh, no, he was, he was clearly crying after we got beat to Leicester. Yeah, you know he was <laughs> <laughs> never felt worse in his life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah like, like, the stuff he was doing. Like, he just yeah, he no, no one, no one in that dressing room feels as bad as I do right now. <laughs> he had passion about him. Though, That's the moment a manager gets found out, isn't it? When they're just like. What? It's like when you delete your tactic in Football Manager through the match because you're getting beat 5 0. Well, you're like, you yeah, put a 4 4 2 up. I've got it. It's a 7 1 in the end. <laughs> when I was younger, I was on the train with my dad and asked, Dad, is that Villa Park? His face dropped. It was St. Andrews. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. <laughs> Needless to say, he's never let me live it down and even mentioned it in his Father of the Bride speech. Now, that's just funny. The reason I put this in here was I was going to ask you two whether you've had a moment like that in your childhood where you mixed clubs up or anything. Do you want to explain? My one is precisely the same from my old great nan. Uh, she lived, I think it was like Rocky Lane or something, in a deep in Perry Bar by uh, Dorrington, I think it's Dorrington School. And you could see it was on a hill and you could see like this blue and white building. I was like, Dad, that's St. Andrews, isn't it? He's like, no, that's one stop. (laughs) (laughs) Right, where are we next? Forgive me, Claret and Blue, for I have sinned. Oh, dear. During the dark days of Steven Gerrard, I would often place a bet against Villa. It's fine. I know this is wrong. Oh, he said it's fine. I know this is wrong, but it just seemed too good of an opportunity to pass up. Since the dawn of Unai Emery, I've made it my pledge to always add a Villa win into my bet builders as a sign of remorse. I'm not sure that's enough since I actually kept on winning. Forgive me for my sins. We used to lose quite a few games under Gerard, and we're winning quite a few under Emery. I think it's, yeah. it's quite when sensible. The f- <laughs> when the fun stops, stop. Yeah, you know of course. What? You got to make. You can't make if you're putting money on the line. And I mean, sometimes it's only a quid and or whatever. But if you are putting money on the line, you've got to be rational. You can't just go, "Oh, I love the Villa. Yeah, they're yeah. going to win." No, they're not. But then they have done that under Emery as like to make up for the Gerard era. Yeah, but they've not fine. like been able to 
have any remorse don't about it because then we have get that winning. On yeah. yeah. So I just, yeah. I think just be careful, please. I just don't bet on Villa. I don't, yeah, I don't you know, don't touch that anymore. No. Uh, right, let's move on. At the start of Graham Taylor's first season in charge, 1987, they've put in brackets, so well before all of us, Villa were poor. Then before one game, in a rush and hungry, I grabbed the first thing in the shop, a pack of Farley's Rusks. These right, were five, what, sorry. Farley's Rusks. They're like baby baby food, food basically. Baby it's food. Like, like a Weetabix, almost. Eating them in the whole send our fortunes changed that day. I ended up having to buy them as a ritual for several weeks after. <laughs> I was 18. You know what? Yeah, have you ever had a rusk? I've not had them, but my parents say they're actually quite nice. Yeah, they are. They are tasty fellas. So yeah, it's full of like right. vitamins and stuff. It's I've supposed ne- to like help healthy snack of kind of thing. I think it's a little bit outdated. Now, I've got a five-month-year-old, and then we've not thought about. Oh, we need to buy him rusk. So I think like it's an old. Like a, it's like a scone. It's like a biscuity <laughs> Weetabix thing. I thought. Wait, Weetabix. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's it's how like I a, it. it's a. It's a biscuit. It's like I'll put a picture for the podcast viewers of what it is. Maybe we'll Google it in the break or whatever. But yeah, it's. It's supposed to be like a nutritional kind of biscuity thing that you give to Got kids. Got like a fortune cookie kind of taste almost. That's good then. Probably all right, to be fair. And if it, again, to go back to superstitions. I mean, you wouldn't like just scran them out. Oh, this geezer <laughs> was all over, mate. Absolutely all over. Oh, half time everyone gets the snacks out. <laughs> how big is your baby? How many babies do you have? Yeah, <laughs> that you've got spare rusks in your pocket. Yeah, how have I not seen this joint? Yeah. I love these kind of like superstition <laughs> things though. Like, I just, it doesn't, people like, I walk to the stadium, I have to go a certain way under this bridge or past that lamppost. I'm not um, superstitious in that I walk under of this certain thing, but if I was to deviate from what I would do on a match day, i.e. go with my dad and my brother, park up and walk there. If I, if, if I went from the other way or something, I wouldn't feel really? like, oh, this is weird. It's I'm, a routine. It's like you've, it's you've got it mapped like, yeah, a, like a little answer. Is that going to work now that you're not going with your dad and your brother? We're going to start losing games because well, of you. Possibly, and that's going to be... Me. Sorry, guys. But yeah, no, that... I did that a couple of times over the last few years and I'd turn up like five minutes before kickoff. And I'd like to be in there quite early and I'd be like, oh, this is just really weird. Yeah, like it, mm, yeah, yeah I, I, get, I get that. You don't feel like you're actually there watching it. You feel like it's not actually happening yet. You are correct. I don't know if it's like a, a ritual thing. It's just, it's just a routine. your routine's been thrown out of you. Like, I'm yeah, usually yeah, here. Yeah. Like, like, I suppose, like, say if you went to school, and you rocked up five minutes before, like the class you started, and you class felt like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's not normal, and especially on a match day, you want it to all be the same. <laughs> don't yeah, like change. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Fair I get enough. it. No, that's that's fine. Let's go with another one. Short one here. I think we can fly past it pretty quickly. I didn't think Steve Bruce was that bad. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I always have. Yeah, yeah it's I not that. Yeah. I, I don't think he was. He gets he gets a lot of vegetables no. <laughs> <laughs> out of all the managers who had a vegetable chuck that um, Steve Bruce is probably the least I just think he just gets bad for like not no reason don't get me wrong it wasn't great but ultimately he was within 90 minutes of getting us promoted when yeah, there was better teams in us than that division yeah. i.e. Fulham yeah I see uh, all that absolutely I do and but yeah don't get me wrong it didn't go well after that but he steadied a ship that was sinking quite rapidly really under Di Matteo, mm. that was the lowest I've ever known Villa. And I didn't think there was much way back, really. And then all of a sudden, we started to keep clean sheets and yeah, defending yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember reading a live blog uh, on the Birmingham Mail, presumably it was from Greg, and it was Villa looking quite solid. And I thought, oh, wow, we lo- we're quite solid against Bristol City, Dad. Changed like, the kind of culture of the dressing room as well, which I think you probably didn't get I credit I, for. I feel like that is it's, it's what we needed at that point. Yeah, I get And that. for me, it was a job... Yeah, he didn't get promoted, but it was a job well done under the circumstances. Um, and we went from there. I just think the abuse that he got was a bit was a bit too much. Yeah, the um, abuse absolutely is not Of course it is, right, it always yeah. is too much. But um, and not to get too deep, I think he lost both his parents at that time as well, that sort of stuff, and he was still cracking on with the job. And doing there were a lot of great stories at the time, I think. like You were like reading it, and it's like, 
Yeah, yeah, Villa, you know, uh, mo- some of Villa fans are like, yeah, yeah, the lines are coming out, you know, the protection there. But, like, Steve Bruce was, like, the first manager you, you feel, oh, Villa, the Villa squad run through a brick wall for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. like, he weren't great and he weren't that good, but he wasn't actively bad. Yeah. I would take bad football and clean sheets and whatever yeah, to get oh, through. Yeah. We smacked Wolves 4-1 and beat Bristol 5-0. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong, some games weren't great. But to, from where we were... <laughs> to where we got to eventually and yet you could say well we had the players to do it well we didn't have the manager and Bruce yeah, yeah. did his job up to a point hmm. it wasn't a car crash and you'd have thought it would have been if you said everything that happened to Bruce and the, the stick that he got well what happened you'd have thought we would have probably finished 12th or something or not competed at all been relegated yeah yeah or not even progressed after Dimitri but we did I mean we, we talk a lot about how good Jack Grealish got but for a, a while it was like you know <laughs> Put Andre Green on, mate. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but under under Bruce, you started seeing. I think he gave Jack Grealish mm, that little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we're I think that was, You're right. I think that was the first time where we started to see Jack Grealish as a player who was like, oh, oh he's really got a bit. Because under Sherwood, you saw flashes and it was like a yeah, youth yeah, and exuberant yeah. sort of thing. Um, but there's three managers in a row who like fall. No, not in a row. There's a bit of in between. But you know, your Sherwood, your Bruce, your Smith, three managers in a row who really. They all played helped part, him develop. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's move on to another manager, Martin O'Neill. I can't forgive Martin O'Neill for leaving days before the start of the season. I watch all the Claret and Blue podcasts, but could not watch the interview with him. Well, please go back and watch that because we need all the views we can get these days with the way social media is going. Um, I understand this one. It's totally that people can't forgive how O'Neill left the club and, and his kind of justification for it. But in that interview we did, if you had watched it, you'd have known. He says he regrets it. He says he wishes he hadn't acted yeah. in the way he was and was maybe a bit more maybe mature about it and not kind of throwing his toys out of the pram when he didn't get his own way. But I, I can understand that people kind of have a, a distaste for that era because of the way he left. Matt, after did the interview with Martin O'Neill, said that it was like therapeutic and closure for that sort of period of Villa's history. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I think definitely worth uh, watching back. But and, uh, Martin O'Neill can't really begrudge fans for not forgiving him either. Well, yeah. So, I think you're well within your rights to not forgive how he left. I think that, that confession's fine. It cuts two ways, though, doesn't it? Like, if Martin O'Neill didn't fancy the job anymore, he'd have actually hampered us. Well, yeah. That's <laughs> and I mean, yeah, leaving yeah. before the start of the season's crap. But if you just, if you woke up one day and went, you know what? Don't want to do this anymore. Mm. Yeah. Got yeah. to go. I mean, a manager could leave four days before a game in the middle of a season and that's pretty bad as well so he, yeah, no cuts, good no, time no. to leave really Gerald got sacked after like <laughs> minutes after <laughs> he goes I suppose if, from O'Neill's point of view if he knew he wasn't in for it yeah he could have left earlier than he did but yeah. then maybe he was like trying to see if he could yeah trying to rekindle yeah, a relationship yeah. and it <laughs> yeah, see if the spark was still there yeah, yeah okay let's move on to another manager these are all in a random order but I'm trying to keep them together Unai Emery is the second best manager in the league after Pep Guardiola. Oh, wow. That's a big... That's a, <laughs> that's great. That's, that's, a, that's that. a big shout. And we, we love Aston Villa and we're always going to champion ours to be the best the best ever. Second best is too high for me. Uh, putting them into an order, Guardiola's at the top for what he's done. Klopp has been up there for recent seasons. Arteta has done well at Arsenal. Emery fourth then? Does like that be Emery? You have a lot good, of... Yeah, I, I, think well. I, I think I put Emery... Maybe I'm being stupid, but I put... A, Emery above Arteta at the moment. Yeah. I think Arteta's done a good job at Arsenal, of course he has, but I'm just... It's Emery's also difficult because who would you rather have at got. Villa, Emery or Arteta? Emery. Well, yeah. Who would you rather have at Villa, Emery or, I don't know, someone else? Uh, 
I don't still. know. <laughs> but it's one of those like different managers for different jobs. Short one here. I'm pretty sure we can get through very quickly. Douglas Louise is average at best. Wrong. Rubbish, isn't it? That is bad. Yeah, That's well, shocking. I mean, we asked for these back in March and April, and it took us ages to get this video done, but that opinion wouldn't have been correct back then. Like, Douglas Louise has been very good all season, so obviously everyone's entitled to their opinion. This one is anonymous, but I can't get on board with, with that at all. Yeah, Douglas Louise is one of our best players. That is sh- player of the year. Players player of the year, I think, as yeah. well. So I mean, that, this is not this. That maybe it's that like 2020. You know, and he was even then he was showing was some. It, there was a de- yeah, because there used to be a debate, weren't it? It was like, uh, is Louis actually good, or what does he yeah, bring to the yeah, team? Yeah, yeah. What position does he play? And throughout that whole time, he wasn't actually playing in <laughs> the right positions. So, I've said like for the last three years, he's played different roles, and they've all made him a better player. And now he's playing his best football, and that's a a um, sort of direct influence of mm. what's come before. And now yeah. he's working with Emery, so. Yeah, I've said he's probably Aston Villa's best footballer in terms of his technical ability and everything mm. else. His intelligence with it as well, I think it's improved a lot. Even then, you go back to that Brighton League Cup match a few years ago when he did that like complete beach <laughs> soccer pass. <laughs> and it's like look, the stuff that, he, that goes through his mind, the overhead kick pass. Mm. Yeah. You know, he's might not be the, the the best players, but the best like technician. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. best guy with the football. The best footballer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, There's a reason why Arsenal wanted to sign him. Well, yeah. Three bids. Arteta wanted him. They wanted, yeah. Jorginho, one of the best managers in the league, as we've discussed. <laughs> yeah, I think Newcastle interested as well. Man City bought him. Put a buyback yeah, clause yeah, and obviously yeah. didn't activate it. But yeah, we're really, really solid player there. And with years on his contract to come. So that's, what, £50 million player, I'd say. Yeah, comfortably. And there's two here that are of similar nature. Uh, so I'll condense them into one. Villa haven't been real contenders for 30 plus years. We won the European Cup 40 odd years ago. Is it time to accept we're not as big as we think? We've got a massive stadium and loads of fans. We sell out, we've got a 30k waiting list, hasn't it? Contenders I'm for winning the Champions League, does that mean? Or just uh, being relevant? Anything. I mean, we haven't won a trophy for 27 odd I get, years. Yeah, so. I get that, but. I always think, like, what's the point in winning stuff if it then means nothing in 20 years? Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like, history is there for a reason. That. It means that you've got, I don't know how to put it, but what's the point in Man City winning all these trophies now if it means nothing in 30 years? Mm, well, maybe yeah. not Man City because there's different reasons, but other clubs, just, you know, yeah, trophies it's still is what relevant. You, what you play the game for and like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I kind of agree to a certain extent that we can't keep looking backwards all the time and yeah. saying, right, oh, we won the European Cup 40 years ago, so we're, we're an elite that's, club. That's what I st- that's what establishes you as a big yeah, club of course, and, yeah, yeah. and small, that gives small you a clubs fan don't base win the European Cup but you, there has got to be a time where you go well what do we do like if we'd have been in the championship since 2015 for 7-8 years we haven't been a great we haven't been a great team for many years or now maybe we are but over the course of the last 20 years we haven't had many good teams but you'll always be a great club yes. in my opinion yeah it, it's you know, not to bring this on Leeds United, but they haven't been in the Premier League for so long, but they're still going to keep a support base. Forest as they're well. Still, Forest as well. It, you're always going to get it. And I always think clubs like well, Villa, as we said in a different video, there's not many clubs who could go that close to, you know, <laughs> where, where how bad um, how bad the finances and everything was at that mm. point when Gia uh, sold the club. There aren't many clubs that can just bounce back quite... Yeah, that's, that should be physically yeah. impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then get promoted, drop down with some of the lowest points or one of those points total in the Premier League, and then come back three years later and have everything that came with it. So many clubs that can do that, and mm. I think because of who what Villa is and the potential that it has. So no, we're not 
in terms of revenues and in terms of a big six commercially, we're not there. And that's why Chris X come in to try and evolve that side of things. But you'll always have that... Um, Pedigree. Yeah, I think... Yeah, that's perfect. I think probably is a problem with some fans maybe getting annoyed with other fans that, you know, the only thing that ever happened was Paul McGrath, Tony Day, even going further back, mm-hmm. um, 82, even going further back, the FA Cup win in, in 57, if anyone is still around. <laughs> that but, demographic shows no one of that age is watching this. <laughs> but, sadly, the, you know, there, there's probably a bias with that, a history bias, and that probably just get on, on some fans' wick because it's like, yeah, I want to yeah. talk about now. What is there to talk about now? But the reason I think Villa are a big club is... The catchment area is massive. Birmingham, the metro- metropolitan area, Birmingham is massive. What makes Newcastle a big club? They haven't won much at all, really. Yeah, yeah. In you're, you're how many years of history? But we don't have the name, but we yeah. are. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's, there's lots of things that makes you a big club, and right now, are Villa the best team in the world? No, they're not. But they're still a massive club in English football. They made, made the football league. <laughs> yeah, is, <laughs> Bur- is Birmingham so the best city in the world? Maybe not, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's up there. <laughs> Top right. two. So on Villa. Let's move on to one here that is. Insane. Uh, when I first read this, I thought, I mean, p- with these kind of things, it could be made up, of course. We take that with a pinch of salt, but if this is true, it's unbelievable. The year that we were relegated in 2016, we were rubbish, and I'd had enough. I was watching Match of the Day when our highlight was a corner for us that got passed back to our keeper, and at that point, I was fed up with being a Villa <laughs> fan. I became an Albion fan, like my mum's side, and was a How Robson Carnu enthusiast, especially after Euro 2016. I since came to my senses, but I still remember announcing it to all that I knew. Now, as I said, Tyler with the pinch of salt, if it is real, I imagine this is a kid. They're still a Villa fan. And maybe kind of flopping and changing because family supported somebody else and they really liked a certain player. Maybe they're, they're Welsh. They're a Villa fan now. They were a Villa fan. They were sick of it. They switched to Albion because their family were. They loved Hal Robson Carney for whatever reason. And then they realised that was silly and came back to Villa. Is that allowed? I don't know. <laughs> um, you do, that, you, I think. Yeah, I think that is, that is quite a unique situation. I think if this is a little kid who's got Welsh connections and loved that player and they're being family members, you kind of go, oh, I can't get that. If this is like a 30-year-old man just flip-flopping, that's not allowed. Yeah, Does I mean, it say how old? It doesn't say, no. Yeah, if, I mean, it's not a four-year-old. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, I remember going to PE and the first shirt I picked out, they had all the spare change and it's like Chelsea shirt and I was like, that's all right, isn't it? Ooh. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know about football. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I just like Chelsea. And I was like, didn't know what they were. Maybe Weird, that's the same thing. I, I was very young. I was like five. But there's, there's another one here in similar kind of getting into supporting. I've always claimed to be a Villa fan from around the age of eight. Although I did not care about football in the slightest until the age of fifteen. And kind of resonated with that a little bit. I got into it a little yeah, bit later, late, not quite that late, but ten or eleven until I started really. I got caring into it so late. It. I was wearing Chelsea shirts, so thinking <laughs> that was all right. The only reason that changed was that I had a Villa friend, a Villa fan mate, that challenged me to name five players at the time, and I couldn't. So I went away and spent weeks researching everything Villa, ready to prove him wrong next, and by doing so, became a fanatical fan. That's that's fandom, isn't it? That's a good that, story. That, that is, is I like being that. a fan. That is like imagine you're in school good. and someone says, "Oh, you support Villa? Who do, who plays for them?" And you can't think of anyone. Like oh, that would terrify me, like not being able to to commit to a few names. So going away and researching and spending the time to be invested has led them to be a Villa supporter all these years later. That's nice. Yes, yeah, class. And that's no, that is. There's a lot of people like gatekeeping and stuff, and like you're not a Villa fan unless you've done this. You're a Villa fan if you say you are, and that guy. Villa fan said he was from the area. Yeah, <laughs> you're not a Villa fan if you, if you supported Harrison Carlin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not allowed. That's really funny, actually. That one. I suppose that one. If Hal Robson Carlin was playing for I don't know Wrexham in the final years of his career, so it'd be Wrexham fan, I presume. 
I pres- oh, I don't know. I don't think he was going to West Brom because of whoever wrote that. If you want to follow up and make yourself become yeah, I'd like not to get you on the <laughs> Dan wants to interview. Yeah, like, that's, that's explain yourself. Explain yourself. Oh, this one is unbelievable as well. Oh, honestly, I can't get my head around this. I watch all of our matches on a self-imposed five-minute delay and keep <laughs> on Twitter in real time for what's to come. Can't say I know why, but I just do. I don't think that's a problem, Bollis. So I don't think that's a problem. I just oh, madam. Could be a woman. Yeah, so it's ge- in, I've made that gender neutral. Oh, I've right. said that to anyone. Fine. Um, I don't think that is a them problem. I think that is a football problem of having just to consume football and be there when it happens. Like, because yeah. it's going to happen first on Twitter. Like, it's, you're going if you are dodgy streaming, you are behind. So, but are they doing this? Are they choosing Villa on Sky Sports? Yeah, Villa oh, on yeah, Sky is live. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. <laughs> and they pause it at the start. I've yeah, yeah. So they, they'll watch a game at, if it kicks off at half four, they'll watch it at 4.35. They're keeping on Twitter for goal, goal, Ollie Watkins. And then five minutes later, they watch it on TV. Are they are they doing it to be involved there and then with the goal as on it happens? On social media. Yeah. On, maybe. Then, then it's like, if you're watching it on your own, maybe it's to be in that community there and then and go, yes, yeah. first, like, first <laughs> reply. We've got to sit, go on Villa's, when next time Villa play the game, got to go on there. first. Who's replied person. fastest? Yeah. It's you. <laughs> yeah. Some of the work I do for social on a match day is that I'm doing stuff and I'm watching the game on my laptop and I'm working and I will have to write tweets and posts yeah. and stuff as it comes through and then I'll see it a couple of minutes later and I hate it. I wouldn't do it by choice. It's if, only because it's the work. If you're choosing to be behind, I can't Just understand yeah, that. The whole yeah, imagine that Traore goal at Leicester or whatever. I don't know. And you've I mean, seen all the notifications and then you watch it. The moment's it, gone, so isn't you, it? You get a buzz. To be fair, there is there is a funny thing with that in that sometimes it's like people don't even say goal like oh my word, what has just happened, and then you're like oh, just, oh, just, just let us <laughs> peel me away from this screen for five seconds right now, and then you see it and you're like yeah, you were right. Let's move on. There's a long one which I'm going to save till the end because it's a nice one. Um, there's two here, very quick. I once got Salifu printed on my shirt. Okay, cool. Fair enough, really, isn't it? That's it, yeah. That's the confession. <laughs> What's your... John, well done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. It turned who's out who's the strangest player you've had on the back of your shirt? Then? Oh, this is what I was going to ask you, too. Yeah. I've not, I don't really get player names on my shirts. Do I, you? When you were a kid or not even back then? I think I had... I think I had a bottle of hall once. A bottle of hall is expensive. I think yeah, well, it's... Yeah, honestly, you used to have to I pay per letter like, back in the day, yeah. There is, like, an element of, like... That sounds cool. To yeah, it. like yeah, it's yeah. almost like getting. I mean, there can't be many Aston Villa Salifu shirts at all. No, so I think that is pretty probably worth a bit. Pretty my, cool. My brother, I would have been, or we would have been, seven or eight years old. So we would have no idea who Villa are signing really. And he got um, Carlos Cuellar, twenty-four. That's not bad. <laughs> no, but so random. Yeah. A seven-year-old doesn't know Cuellar. That was bizarre. And no, I've <laughs> no, never seen him play. Doesn't know what he looked like. No, he was just looking like at the names. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when they've got them in the club shop? That one. That's a good way. I think that's a good way to get involved with football. Oh well, yeah, yeah. You know, it's what's a cooler sounding name? Hopefully, he's good. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Salifu. Salifu, yeah. What Great throwback. All right, final one before the or penultimate one. Um, I kind of agree with this actually. I'm just reading it quickly. Jack Grealish progressed us rather than regressed us. 100 million in the bank and our style of play switched from being dependent on him to a team style now losing Grealish was gutting even though we all yeah. kind of knew it was going to come when it actually happened and seeing him sat there on that big brown chair in the Man City kit it was like oh, this feels this feels grim I don't yeah, like I it but I, didn't, I didn't 
when they played like the Community Shield game, I went out on my bike. I couldn't watch him for weeks. <laughs> you say that like you went out on your bike like you were a child at the time, even though it was only like <laughs> yeah, two yeah, years yeah. ago. <laughs> went out on my bike because I actually went around the block on my bike. House. I, couldn't, I couldn't see it for weeks, him in a man's Yeah, shape. Just, it felt wrong to, to, to see it. all that. People but need to find their closure with it, don't they? Like with other things, like football, eh? Him leaving was crap, but the circumstances were all right. Yeah, loads of That was the best possible thing for Villa. If he was going to go and at least win. A lot of like imagine we imagine he leaves on a free transfer and we sign nobody and we finish seventeenth. Yeah, like it's just completely unrealistic. But imagine if he just left and it was like free transfer to Chelsea. And he was on the bench all week, one nothing. You'd well, feel way yeah. different. You'd yeah, be like, yeah. you know, it would be a way different feeling to. And I, I guess it is annoying to see him winning all this stuff and and all the things. You know, everything he says gets like kind of picked apart. Mm. Like I love playing for this club and I like yeah, you know, some some jobs you love in it like. <laughs> Doesn't mean you hate your family. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, the overarching point that we're in a better position now, and Jack Grealish playing in this team, that's exciting. I can imagine what that would have been like. But him leaving, like our sliding doors video, whenever that came out, him leaving means that we're now in this position. And if he had stayed, extent, we wouldn't be here, mate. Yeah, I think so. I just the hundred million that we banked from him, we then spent on three players. Um, oh, less said about that. <laughs> <laughs> you make your mind up, but. Um, I don't know if we'd have been in, in, would we had would would we have Unai Emery and Jack Grealish in the same in the same universe all happens for I a reason I don't think you can have both if you could then great but I don't think one happens well either so yeah. Grealish going and Emery coming in if you play like that I think is a, a fair trade that amicable we got there eventually sort of thing but it was always going to happen that season I think we deluded ourselves into thinking no he's at training so he's not going he's in the kill yeah. he's not going crazy, Fans from I remember saying to my friends like, "Oh, I think it's staying. Is it? He's just gone out to train, and then they're like, now nah, you're brainwashed.' Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were. That is yeah. genuine. Not, oh. That must be a genuine brainwash because we were. It was me myself. Like, Do you remember the guy who went to like the, the hotel or wherever they were, and he was like I'm filming saying. videos of him. Like, yeah, and we were all like, like, we were like buzzing off this guy's yeah. Twitter account. But you know, we look back and obviously he was not. Like, yeah, why did we a long think time <laughs> Like just because he's in a photo with the kit, it's like, yeah, he's definitely staying. Oh, I think rubbish. so. It's genuinely because of what he. Uh, That's football fandom, though. Like being. Yeah, in that I, I honestly think it's because what he said the year before. I know we go on about it, but he did kind of make it out as if he was staying here for years and gonna. Yeah. He did say it. Um, so I think that's what probably fans were clinging on to a bit too much. And when he left, it was like, oh, yeah, but you said that. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, there is a, a very literal thing in football. Like when Tammy Abraham tapped the badge, you know, the Villa badge, it's like, where he's a long yeah, player. He, he loves the Villa, bring him home. He's like, got no connection to us whatsoever. He, he, like he loves spell. playing for the Villa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. get me wrong. Okay, let's move on then. This is the final one, I, I believe, of the list of, that I had. I said we had 25 at the start. I don't know if I've done 25 because we've filmed this over two parts. We had absolutely loads though, so if you want to get involved with a part two, let us know. This is a nice story to end on. It's quite long, so forgive me for just staring and reading. I live in the USA, and several years ago I was struggling with an addiction. I signed up for an online forum to, to find an accountability partner to help motivate me. I became close friends with a guy from Birmingham, and we started talking daily. I've always enjoyed soccer football but had never followed a Premier League team he got me interested in Villa and we've talked about it amongst other things a lot I started following the club the first year back in the Premier League and I've never looked back watching Aston Villa play and talking about reading about and listening to podcasts about the club has been an integral part of my recovery having something else to focus on when facing temptations is enormously helpful it may sound strange but true but Aston Villa has played a large part in turning around my life saving my family and my marriage I've yet to meet another Villa fan that lives in my area but I'd hoped to be able to travel back east to see Villa play in person for the first time this summer. 
However, in no small part through your podcast, I already feel a part of a community and I wanted to take this opportunity to thank you and let you know how much your podcast means to me personally. That's nice. And when I saw that and copied it into my document, I only read the first half, so I don't want this to appear like, I've only picked it because he said he loves the podcast. Yeah. It's not that. Yeah, that's, that's a lovely story, isn't it? When I ask like anonymous confessions and it's about people biting their fingernails and what superstitions they've got, I didn't expect to see anything like that in there. So yeah, really nice. And I'm glad that you've um, managed to overcome It's a privilege for us as well to be, we get emails and messages from people across the world. Like when Ash went to Australia, lots of people were saying about podcasts. It's not just our podcast. There's loads of the podcasts that Villa do villa fans do they're all really good so our little community if we can help that out then brilliant that's what we do it for and mm, he's yeah. right it's an escape isn't it football like i think we'd all we'd all be lost somehow and we all have our own um you know but football is that escape that everyone needs it's it's a daily thing 24 7 and couldn't really be without it so yeah if we could play our part then brilliant yes yeah, lovely that is isn't it? turning that like thing into that beast into like a, a positive yeah, yeah. Bit about villa. villa are much more positive yeah, but well, still, yeah, amazing. As, as flippant to just brush off whatever this addiction was to yeah, now being well like addicted to Aston Villa, but like to have <laughs> that great, kind of flip yeah. to like obsess over something else, and if that's helped, kind of save your life and save your your family life. Yeah, that's a, a brilliant thing and a lovely that's place lovely. To, to end this podcast on. As I mentioned a couple of times, if you want to see a part two from this, there was absolutely loads, and we'll set up the link again for people to send new confessions in. Now they know kind of what the format was. If you thought it was rubbish we won't do it again but i thoroughly enjoyed it james thanks for joining us john likewise uh, thank you for watching this podcast get involved in the comments uh, follow us on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you get your content from um, thank you very much for watching this one and we'll see you again very soon Bye.